just start. You know, there isn't yes. a magic blueprint that's going to tell you exactly what to do and when to do it. You are going to have to figure it out. And you're going to have to view that as part of the fun of being on the entrepreneurial roller coaster because you will have the highest highs and the lowest lows and you just have to go into it accepting that. And sometimes you'll just be sat there going, oh, why am I doing this? And then other days you'll be going, oh my God, that was the most awesome thing that's ever happened to me. Welcome back to the Max Out Show, where today I'm joined by Lorraine Dalmeyer, CEO of the award-winning and multi-million pound school, Formula Botanica, which teaches students from around the world how to create organic beauty products. We'll take a deep dive today into money, dreams, and what it really takes to build a business that you've always dreamed of. So Lorraine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Max. I am thrilled to be here and very excited. I'm super excited to really dive deep today into, into your own personal story and also, of course, your business story. So to start it off, can you take us back to the year 2010 when watching BBC actually changed your life? Yes, I was on maternity leave at that time with my first son. So this is, what, 11 years ago now. And thankfully, you know, he sleeps at night. He doesn't need me there all the time anymore. <laughs> but at that time, he was obviously a tiny baby and I was stuck on the sofa and I was breastfeeding him all the time. And I was watching the BBC's Apprentice. I'm a huge fan, I should add. Um, and for anyone listening, the BBC's Apprentice is thankfully very different to the, the US version. <laughs> for reasons we shall not go into. But I was watching them as I do every year. And I was sat there going, oh, if these people can do this, then so can I which is always how I, I watch every single one of those episodes. And that particular episode, they were making an iPhone app. And I thought, you know what? I think I could do this, definitely. What could I make an app on? And I thought, you know, I've been really interested in DIY beauty for quite a long time, where you, you get sort of fruits and vegetables and yogurt and that sort of thing, and you blend them together and you make your own masks and toners, really simple stuff. I thought, you know, I could turn this into an app, like a recipe app. And so I did. And sleep deprived out of my mind, maybe if I'd been in my day job at that point, I would have gone, yeah, that's not such a good idea. But because I was slightly crazed at that point, I went, let's do this. So <laughs> with my baby in tow, I hired a development team and I went for it. And a year later, the app was ready and it launched and it started to gain traction. You know, I had um, some big publications write about me. I had like a full page spread done on me in Women and Home magazine with my app and my babies. And yeah, it was really cool. And I thought, okay, we're, we're onto something here. So then I thought, well, what's the next step? And so I decided I wanted to learn how to make my own actual professional beauty product and create my own line. But I didn't know how. I have a biology degree. I have a science background. I'd worked as an environmental scientist for, for 12 years by that point. Um, but I didn't know how. So I took a small online course, loved it, got on really well with it and decided I was going to start my own beauty brand. At that point, I was pregnant again with my second son, who is now almost eight. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, at that point, I realized, you know what, this is our house is tiny. I've got no space for this. This is going to be a really hard thing to do. But I was already blogging about natural beauty ingredients. Um, I had a following, you know, I was getting 20, 30,000 readers a month already on my website. It was, you know, it was gaining traction. And at that point, I had the opportunity to buy the school I trained with. So I did. Mm -hmm. And the rest, I suppose, is history, although I know we'll be talking about that more in the, in the rest of the episode. Yeah, that is history for sure. And I absolutely love that story of, of really sitting on a couch and I guess being in this really challenging 
situation at moment with, with your kid in your arm probably crying and stuff. Um, so I'm super curious, like in that moment, you know, cause a lot of people are in a similar situation, right? A lot of people are, or maybe have their first child or have sort of life going on and they've watched Apprentice and they watch other people do amazing stuff. And they're like, well, this, this would be cool, but, but they kind of stay at that. They don't actually take it one step further. And they're like, well, I'm actually going to hire a team now that then makes that happen. So what was it in you that sort of gave you maybe the confidence, but also this, this intense drive then to actually do something with this idea? That's a good question. For me, it was very much about the fact that I didn't want to work for other people anymore. And being on maternity leave, and here in the UK, you get a year maternity leave whenever you have a child, which is awesome, because I know most countries don't offer that much leave. I sat there and I thought, I have the headspace, despite the fact that, you know, I'm exhausted, <laughs> constantly feeding. But I had the headspace to think, I had, this is my ticket out of this day job. And for years, I had great jobs. You know, I'd worked around the world. I'd had big, big salaries, lots of responsibility. But I just kept hitting that glass ceiling with people sort of going, you're too young. You're too inexperienced. You're too scary. You're too intimidating. You know, you're too outspoken. And that started to really grind me down after a while because, of course, and I don't want to get too much into this at the moment, but women in the workplace are often treated that way as well, where, you know, a guy might be told, yeah, you're really, you're a go-getter, you're confident. And a woman's like, you're too scary and intimidating. You need to tone it down. And I had that for many years because I worked in very male dominated environments. And I just thought this is my opportunity out of here. And that drove me, that drove me more than anything has ever driven me before. And I've worked extremely hard in all my jobs, which is why I've done so well at them. But this took it to a whole new level. Wow, so it sounds like you're really sort of trying to escape this system that, that was really keeping you stuck, had that glass ceiling on top, and really trying to build that own thing. Because then the free market, like they're like you can do whatever you want, right? When you start exactly. your own business. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, when I went back from maternity leave the second time, I said to my bosses the whole way through, don't forget me. You've got to have something for me to do when I come back. I knew what they were like. I'd had this the first maternity leave as well. I just kept repeating it like a mantra. Yeah. And when they came, when I came back, they were like, okay, we got you something. But the second time I came back and they had nothing for me to do. And I'd gone from, you know, 12 years experience, great responsibility, worked and traveled all around the world. You know, I'd lived in Russia and the States and Australia, mm. lots of high powered jobs to the point that they stuck me in the attic with nothing to do. Oh, and I sat there and every week I'd be like, please give me some work. You know, I'm not the sort of person who just sits there doing nothing and happily takes home a salary. That's not how I roll. And I kept going, give me some work, give me some work. And they were like, we're sorry, we just don't have anything. And it wasn't an intentional thing. It was just a complete lack of organization. And at that point I already had bought the school and I knew now I have to really turn this into something. So yeah, that was the big trigger for me. Well, I love that. It's especially this, this idea that like, just sitting around, you know, getting by is, is not enough to truly fulfill us, right? Like even if you have all the money in the world, right? And you're comfortable. Yep. If you don't like actually chase something that excites you, that like gets you out of bed in the morning, we're like, yeah, today's going to be a fun day. That, that yes. tags on your soul, right? You have to have purpose. And it always surprises me when I see people who are happy to sit there and do nothing and get paid for it. And I saw that a lot in my corporate jobs but I am not that person and I want to have impact. I want to have purpose. I want to give back in some way. And this was my opportunity to do so. And so I, yeah, I quit my job within four months. They were really surprised. No one saw it coming. And they were like, well, are you going to a competitor? And I went, nope, 
I'm going to teach people online how to make their own beauty products. And they were like, what now? What? And I went, yeah, I have an app. Here it is. <laughs> it was a total, total out of left field. And uh, yeah, so I left and I threw myself into it. And I had spent many, many months studying digital marketing techniques online. I had a rough idea of what I was going to do. I just started hustling really and putting myself out there. And before, before long, I'd had to hire my first staff members to, to help me run the website, help me grade the coursework, help me with customer service. And we were off at that point, which was hugely exciting. And now, you know, seven years later today, I now have 40 people in my team. Wow. Last year, we sold $5 million worth of courses. You know, it's just flying now. And that all came from that moment of saying, I'm going to take a leap of faith into the unknown and just try it out. Yeah, I love that so much. I'm super curious. How did that vision evolve over time? Like the first time, you know, when you when you you know sitting there watching an Apprentice, and then when you started coding the app and everything, I guess the whole vision wasn't there, was it? Nope, no, no, it wasn't. I I always find it really interesting when people go into this with a vision that's so big from day one. For me, it's very much grown over time. Like to start with, I wanted to help as many indie beauty entrepreneurs as I could once I was teaching the courses online. And then that slowly evolved. And now I'm at the stage that my vision is, I want to teach the entire world to formulate beauty products. Anyone can formulate, that's my motto. And I very much want us to become a household name because we can make our own food, we can make our own clothes, we can make our own beauty products as well. And you do not need to be a chemist to formulate. And that's the message that I'm putting out there. But it's taken, you know, seven, well, nine, nine, ten years almost actually to sort of really evolve that message and that vision. Yeah, and I think that's such an important point because so many times when people are starting out, right, they have these huge dreams, right? They're like, I want to change a million or a billion lives, right? I want to like start this billion dollar company. But then they're so far away, right? I think that's oftentimes what kicks the whole stuff is like the vision is so big and they're down here and they do, it's just, the gap is just so huge. Yeah, that's true. You have to realize that this is the long game. You are not going to do this overnight. And that's the interesting thing I see with a lot of internet marketers. A lot of people who sell online is they expect it to go fast mm -hmm. and they want to, you know, just throw money at ads. They expect to cut corners. For me, it was always about building something very sustainable and organic. So we don't, even now, we don't really spend that much on ads yet. We're planning to, to ramp it up in the next coming couple of years. But it was about building this organic base, this foundation that was so rock solid that nothing can rock that. And so it's all about the brand for me. It's all about the, how we're portrayed in the world, the content we put out, the free training we offer, the social media communities we've built around ourselves, the social media following that we have. And that all contributes to this rock solid, unshakable foundation that no one can ever take away from me now. So it's a long game. But if you build it that way, then you know, you will start to see success sort of take off quite rapidly towards the sort of latter part of, of the long game, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's such an important part for, for anyone listening out there. Like, it takes perseverance. It takes a long time, right, to actually build something of value that can actually change people's lives. And, you know, before we actually recorded this, we were even going into detail into, like, branding sort of the, the colors even that you're wearing, yeah. right? Like, it goes down to, to that kind of extreme level yeah it does you know theme. i go to events and people are like oh yeah there's lorraine she's wearing green <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how i've just sort of embodied that color and now people expect it from me you know I've, i recently had my office redecorated obviously you know i have my green walls yeah. my green furniture. it was all 
purposefully chosen that way because it's just part of the message we put out you know we're botanical we're natural we're eco and yeah even down to the tiny details because details matter and it's something that I put a lot of time and effort into and just tying in with something else you said you know I was talking to a, um, a different podcast the other day which was all about digital marketing made easy and we very much said you know, one of my team members wrote to them and said well Lorraine's always talking about the the hard work and perseverance that went into it and they said yeah we don't want to run the podcast <laughs> because there's very much this message being put out into the world that it is easy and you can cut corners. And if you have the right methodologies and you know what you're doing, then yes, there is a certain degree of ease to it, but there's drive and determination and a lot of hard work required. And I don't want to gloss over that because actually that's part of the fun part of building the business. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what this channel is about, right? Giving people the truth of what it takes, right? Whether we have Olympic champions here on the show, literally telling how from the day, you know, they turned five years old, they spent half their day at the gym, or you telling us how it took like 10, 11 years to actually grow this band. So can you share some of these, you know, sacrifices also that, that you had to make over, over the long run? I think uh, the biggest sort of sacrifice is, is, you know, your time, because you have to really hustle to get where you want to be. And a lot of people think that this entrepreneurial lifestyle is going to be easy. And you see a lot of these photos online of, of guys leaning on Lamborghinis and you know, here's my helicopter. That's <laughs> not the truth. You know, I regularly pull 60, 70 hour working weeks. And that is something I'm very open about. Um, for instance, recently our social media person resigned. Someone has to plug the gap that someone's going to be me for now. You know, yeah. I'm okay with that because I know it. I know the systems. I will create more systems until we can hire someone, but it is hard. So you sacrifice a lot of time and sort of sanity along the way as well, but it's all part of the bigger picture. And this is why you have to have that drive and determination and something that, that keeps you going. Like when you get a message at four in the morning that says your website's been hacked, you know, you need to be out of bed, sat there fixing it until it's fixed. There's just no, yeah, there's no discussion or debate about it. You will do that. But what gets you out of bed at four in the morning? What is it that really drives you to sort of go, oh, okay, I'll go and fix this. That you have to find that drive and determination inside of you. And that is the most important thing. 100%. And so, so the, the, the important part here really is taking responsibility, right? When you have your own business, you're in charge of your own thing, your own life even, like for anyone even outside of business, you're in control and you're in charge and you're responsible for what's going on, right? So if your website gets hacked, you can't just sit there and like, ah, oh, in two hours, maybe I feel like getting out. No, you're like, you're going <laughs> exactly. to get onto that, right? The buck stops with you. And it's not something that's ever scared me, but I know it, it terrifies a lot of other people because they don't want that level of responsibility. Um, my parents started their own business when I was eight years old. I used to live in the Netherlands mm -hmm. and, you know, we start, they started their own company. I say we, I felt like it was part yeah. of the um, in, in the spare room at home in the mid eighties. And I was sending faxes for them. And, you know, they sold that business when I was in my early twenties at university and they retired young. And that has always very much given me this, this message of, if you need money, you can go out and make it yourself. And that is a very empowering message to be given by your parents. And I hope Absolutely. to pass that on to my children as well, because we all have it in us to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. I think you're such a great example, you know, of showing that you can even combine all of these things, right? Like you can have two kids and raise them well, and at the same time, have a super successful business and work like 60, 70 hours a week. Really think the reality is we have so much time at our fingertips. And most people let it literally like just glide through with social media and Netflix and wasting time on things that don't actually matter. Whereas you really deliberately focus on 
the stuff that matters, right? I want it to be a success. I'm now so driven that nothing's going to stop me. And that has to be every day in your business. Obviously, you know, occasionally you'll have down days, but something has to just keep you going. And you have to find whatever that is inside of you. And for me, it's very much about being told all those years, you know, you're too young, you're too inexperienced. And I was like, right, I'm going to prove them wrong. And that's very much still that little voice inside. I talk about that quite openly and honestly, and I don't think it will ever really disappear because when you're told that a lot of the time, particularly at the start of your career, then that, you know, it has an effect on you. And I was very fortunate that I had a couple of mentors along the way who really championed me, but there were so many people who also just in the corporate world and particularly just wanted to stand in your way. And that's not a healthy way for anyone to start their career. But now, of course, I've taken that step out of that and said, you know what? If you're, not giving, if you're not going to give me those opportunities, I will create them for myself. And I have. You know, I love this so much because all of us, we have this certain dark side to us, right? We have these traumas, the pain from the past. And the choice that you made was really not to let it erode you, but rather to use it proactively in the pursuit of something beautiful. Yeah. And that's where most people get it wrong, right? They're like, they, they face the same problems, right? The glass ceiling someone that doesn't like them, right? They get fired from their job, whatever it is. And then they, they stay in that angry place instead of just doing something with that and using it for something more positive. I've watched so many people crumble over the years in the face of adversity and any kind of adversity. And it's sad to see because I know that if they just pick themselves up and keep going, a lot of these things that happen really are just a drop in the ocean. And you can build something so positive that has such amazing impact. You know, I mean... I know you can see it here on the video. I've got all these graduate products stood behind me. These are people who have studied with us and have created their own businesses. You know, we've had 12 and a half thousand people go through our courses in 175 countries. They've started thousands of indie beauty brands and they are creating a business that's bigger than themselves. So it's this ripple effect all throughout the world. And the impact that my team and I are having with what we do is huge and life-changing and all these people come to us and go you've changed my life and if I'd let those little voices and those naysayers stop me then that would never have happened you just have to bat it away and keep going you know I love how you literally get like the fruits of the labor and of your labor and, and put them like right where you work so that every day you can see literally like hey that person that person that person all of these lives have been changed because I get up so early and because I stay so late Yes, exactly. In fact, that's how I designed my new office so I could see all of them. <laughs> you can have a big graduate display shelf. Wow. And it's great on Zoom, but it's also very much, as you say, me being able to just go and pick them up and go, this was Ula. She launched Distill Beauty three weeks ago. This is her balm. You know, this is Shelly. She launched Kiss Kiss Goodnight in the US. This is her piece of my protective balm for babies. You know, I get sent these things, but I also, I love them because they've poured their own love into that. And the fact that they want to send me their products to show me shows how proud they are of the studies that they did with us, but also of what they've created. And they want to sort of close that loop and go, you helped me build this. And that's humbling. 100%. So it sounds like this, this constant remembering what you're actually doing this for, going back to why, going back to why you actually need to get up out of the bed is really one of those key yeah. drivers for you. Are there yes. any other habits that, that really served you well and you know, really staying focused and making progress long-term? Um, I don't have particular recurring habits. I don't do the morning routine. I like my sleep. You know, I didn't sleep <laughs> for many years thanks to my children. Um, but for me, I don't procrastinate. 
I just don't. I never really have because I'm so determined to finish what I'm doing. It's, I'm also a bit of a perfectionist, which probably doesn't help in that respect. But it means I don't sit here and sort of stare at websites or do something I shouldn't be doing. I just get on with my to-do list. So I'd say that is probably my biggest habit, if you can call it that. Um, procrastination doesn't really feature in my life. Yeah, that, I mean, that is huge. I think the, the amount of time that we just waste, even when we're pretending to work, quote unquote, but actually sitting there for most people is just gigantic. And if you can put actually 60 hours of real work into it, then there's so much stuff that you can get done. So that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's something I enjoy doing as well. And, you know, even in my downtime, I'll be sat there going, okay, well, I have no meetings at the moment. No one's asking me any questions. I could do this. I could do this. And that's when the creativity sort of comes out as well, which is great fun. Yeah, so do you deliberately sort of block out time now that I'm sure you have like all these requests and stuff coming in? Is there a certain time of day or, or whatever? Um, I block out whole days, actually. There are yeah. whole days of the week. Ah. But I, I have to dedicate those often to my staff as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, this week I've had, I think, already about 25 meetings. It's been absolutely insane. And it's only Thursday morning. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I have whole days that I block out now. So no one can book in with me. And I can just say, right, today I'm going to spend some time with my team or I'm going to spend some time building this, etc. How do you think about that whole sort of envisioning process for the future? Like, do you, so you, do you take out an entire day? How do you think about sort of what's ahead for you guys? Well, what's ahead for us is big growth. So we're only really scratching the surface. You know, we are the beauty industry's best kept secret. No one really knows about us outside of the beauty industry. Even in the beauty industry, a lot of people haven't heard of us. And I find that really interesting. So from, from my perspective, I want us to really start to get the brand out there and really show people that literally anyone can formulate. You can make your own balms and butters and lotions and shampoos and conditioners. Anyone can do this. And we want to teach people how. So I've got a lot of plans. I've hired 25 more staff in the last year. We grew by 85% during the pandemic, during the first lockdown. Wow. Um, so now the plan is to really go for it. I've even got a chief growth officer on board and we plan to grow by 150% in the next two years. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's ambitious and slightly daunting <laughs> at times, but also fun because I very much see that what we're doing is only scratching the surface. And I feel that we could get to the stage that we're a household name. Because as I said earlier, you can make your own food, you can make your own clothes, you can make your own beauty products. Nothing is stopping people from starting to do this, apart from the narrative that the beauty industry has given them over the last century, that you have to be a chemist to be a formulator. And literally nothing could be further from the truth. That is just a marketing message that's been put out there. We've all been into department stores where we've seen salespeople wearing white lab coats. They're doing that for a reason because they want to give the impression that it's the scientists in the lab who've got all the special chemicals who can do, you know, take their wrinkles away. We need to move away from that and really start to embrace the fact that we can take control of that narrative and take control of the beauty products that we create. So that is the plan for the coming couple of years. Yeah, that's absolutely an amazing mission. And, and really what, what I guess makes me hopeful in that, in that sense, I guess, quote unquote, is like you've spent actually 10 years building that base, right? You've organically grown the thing so that now you're really ready and you've established a, a base and the processes and the people and everything that yeah. now allow you to really go hard on this. Exactly. It's taken us a long time to get there, but now we're ready to go. Yeah, I love that. Now, yeah, you know, you, in, in the introduction, we, we talked about this idea of uh, money, right? And you have a very special relationship with money because you're actually willing you know, to talk about it, right? To, 
to also, you know, talk about the fact that you love making money, right? Which is always really culture dependent. Um, so can you share with us why that is or really where that came from and how that served you? Yeah, it's interesting. I really enjoy making money. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> I talk about it quite freely as well. I talk about it maybe a little bit too much. And sometimes I sort of step out of my bubble and I'm talking about money and I see people look at me and I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not in the right setting to do this right now. I should have dialed that one back. Um, but that came from my parents being entrepreneurs. You know, they very much built their own business and sort of went, we're going to retire young. That's our, that's our journey. That's our goal. And I took that on board and internalized that from a young age. And I, I watched them do that. They sold their business very successfully and retired when I was in my first couple of years at university and, you know, have been enjoying life ever since. And they've always sort of given me that message of money's not a scary thing. It's a good thing to have. Save it, you know, save for the future. We're not big spenders. Whilst I love making money, I have more issues spending it, but... <laughs> You know, it's, it's an empowering thing to do. And I've watched so many women in particular in my, in my world feel very, very scared of things like profit. And um, I've had so many people say to me over the years, I'm going to start my beauty brand, but I'm going to put all the profits back into charity and I'm going to put all the profits here and I'm going to give away equity in my business straight away to all my employees. And I find that very frustrating because what they don't seem to realize is you have to build that base to create a sustainable business. So I worked as an environmental consultant for years. I'm a chartered environmentalist. I talk a lot about sustainability, but one of the often overlooked aspects of sustainability when it comes to small business is commercial and financial sustainability. Because if you're not in business in three years time, your business will not exist and you're not sustainable. So giving away all your profits or being terrified of making money or being terrified to put a price on what you're creating will not see your business succeed long-term. And that's why I enjoy talking about it because I want people to understand that making money is not a scary or a bad or a dirty thing. It's an, a necessity of being in business. And then you can have a ripple effect. You know, I've had, I've employed so many people over the years and I've had so many consultants come to me and go, I could incorporate my business thanks to that contract with you. Or I didn't have to furlough my staff during the first lockdown thanks to you. So not only am I making money in the business, but I'm also having that ripple effect throughout the world where other people can make money too. And that is a very, very empowering thing to do. So yeah, I love talking about money as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. That is such a vital key, right? Because only when we take care of ourselves, can we also begin to take care of all the people, right? Only when we actually make our business sustainable, can we then make sure that, you know, we have money to just give away to friends or to family or to random strangers. They're struggling during these times. Exactly. And if we don't have that, then, then we also are, we're limited in how we can actually impact other people also. Yep. Yeah, very true. I mean, we are the biggest corporate donor, for instance, to Plant Life International. I can do that now. That's awesome. And every year I phone them up and I go, hey, we grew more. So we're going to up our donation. And they're like, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know, we can help that. We can help them. And we're, we're, um, we're also donating to Tree Sisters, this amazing organization who plants all these trees in tropical areas around the world and empower women. We've planted almost 61,000 trees with them now wow. already. And we can do that because we make money, mm. which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, that's such an important point. And, and there's, I mean, there's all these limiting beliefs, right? When people are starting out, where like, you're not trying to sell yourself, right? You're trying to just never wound up the other person, right? And so you play yourself so friggin' small, which then in the end also takes away from everybody else around you without you even being aware of it. Yeah. So that's why I love what you're saying here. 
Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Now, what advice do you have for people, you know, maybe in similar shoes as you were, you know, in 2010, you're thinking about, you know, starting your own business. They don't really know where to go, how to get started. What do you, what do you tell people like that on how to really create something long-term? The first thing you need to do is to think about what it is you're going to sell. Whatever product or service that is, it has to change someone's life somehow. It took me a long time to fully understand this because, of course, as I said in the beginning, you know, the vision wasn't fully there, wasn't fully formed. But I now realize that part of our success is because we change lives and we change them in a very, very big way, which obviously then, you know, has that massive ripple effect. And every single product and service that is going to be a success has to have that similar life changing component to it. And that can be tiny. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. But as long as it's there, people will come back and buy from you again, and they will be part of your world, your brand, your orbit. So that's the first thing. The second thing is just start. You know, there isn't yes. a magic blueprint that's going to tell you exactly what to do and when to do it. You are going to have to figure it out. And you're going to have to view that as part of the fun of being on the entrepreneurial roller coaster because you will have the highest highs and the lowest lows and you just have to go into it accepting that and sometimes you'll just be sat there going oh why am i doing this and then other days you'll be going oh my god that was the most awesome thing that's ever happened to me you know you're just sort of pinging yeah. between the two all the time so those are the two things i would recommend to everyone make sure you have a life-changing product and just start Yes, that, especially the second key is, is so important because this really what stops people, right? It's like they, they're starting out, right? They have this idea, right? They maybe have a life-changing, world-changing idea, but they just don't know how to get it going, right? They don't know. They're, they're like so far away from where they want to be. And they're like, ah, I don't have the right tools. I don't really have the right technology, the right training, the right you know, education, whatever it is. And so they stop and limit themselves instead of like you just jumping in and, and sort of learning on the go. Exactly. And you'll wear every hat, every single hat. You will be the head of HR, the head of finance, the head of product development, the head of IT, the head of marketing, the head of social media. You just have to accept that you're going to have to learn it all. Mm -hmm. And then over time, there will be elements, there will be hats that you can take off. Like I took off the hat to do my own tax returns straight away. <laughs> I once did my own tax return. I cried the whole way through it and I went, I'm never doing that again. And then I said, right, that's the first thing I'm outsourcing. And that felt liberating. And it was just a small hat, but I'm every day. I'm so glad I don't wear that hat oh. anymore. And, you know, then I took off the IT management hat because I couldn't handle the website and everything else. And then I took off a grading hat and I took off a customer support hat. And, you know, even now I'm still wearing like 10 hats, but, I don't have 50 on anymore. And that is quite a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally understand. I think for, for any entrepreneur listening to this, yeah, the, the sooner you can sort of get help and get rid of some of these hats, especially if they're, you know, not actually super crucial to your business and they can be outsourced to someone else, the yeah. more time and also the more life you get back. Um, yep. Yeah. And there will be ones that are crucial to your business, exactly as you say. And that's the interesting thing I see as well. People often want to outsource those as well if they think then they don't have sufficient knowledge or experience of them, or maybe they're not good at them. So for me, social media was a huge, huge component of how our how the business has grown and how we've become successful. Um, so I didn't take that hat off for a very long time. In fact, I took it off last year and it's back on again <laughs> because <laughs> Obviously, oh, not forced to, yeah. yeah, we're recruiting for someone at the moment. But 
I, I've seen so many people go, well, the first thing I want rid of is marketing and I'm, I'm not very good at social media and I don't do copywriting and content. And I'm sat there going, yeah, but this is your brand and your voice. And actually you should be on top of this because if you're building a brand, then you have to be on top of the whole component, every single detail to start with so that you can create really strong brand guidelines and systems and pass that on to someone. So yeah, you're right. You have to outsource the ones you're not good at, at, but you also have to appreciate that there'll be ones that you have to learn to become good at as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's making that right distinction is, is absolutely crucial, right? Re- realizing, hey, this is actually my skill, right? My expertise, the things that I am in charge of. And it's sort of trying to let go of as much as possible uh, yeah. of the other stuff. Now, on the show, Lorraine, we always love to celebrate failure. Uh, I mentioned this to you before. So do you have a favorite failure throughout this you know, whole 10-year, 11-year audience? <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a long time. <laughs> Okay, uh, so there've been many. I mean, clearly, I wouldn't have got where I am today without having significant failures along the way. I think the biggest failure I've had, though, was um, recruitment. And I think this will probably resonate with most business owners. At least it does with almost everyone I talk to. I went into uh, I went into my business initially thinking it was a very small hobby business, and so when I went out to recruit people and anyone came along, I was always super grateful. I was like, <laughs> oh, thank you. You want to come and work for me? That's awesome. And it meant that I gave away too much too quickly. And I often gave the jobs to the wrong people. And that was a huge, huge mistake of mine in the beginning. And it's taken me a really long time to get to the stage that I've completely flipped that. And now I'm like, you want to come and work for us? Good. Well, I'm pleased you do. But now prove to me why you're the right person to come and work here. And that is a big, big mindset shift. But when your business is small and not that profitable and you're on your own and everyone treats it as a little hobby because, you know, it's like your little side hustle, very patronizing. You start to internalize that message again and you don't sort of go, well, hang on a minute. You want me to pay you. What are you going to do for that money? How are you going to make sure that I meet my targets? How are you going to make sure that I grow? And how are you going to make sure that you support me? And that has been a big, big failure on my part. But as I said, I flipped that around now. I have an awesome head of HR. I should add, she is a former military air traffic controller. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can land planes, you can certainly control my HR and my people. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that has, uh, excuse me, (laughs) it's been the making of, of really getting our team under control and our systems under control because it was totally out of control until she joined actually. So recruitment and people and building the right team has been, wow, one hell of a learning journey. And I'm still not there yet. And I will continue to make mistakes in it because finding the right people to come and join you is really, really hard. But I'm starting to get there and I have some amazing people in my team now who are dedicated and here for the long run and they want to be part of the story, which is humbling as well. Sure. What, what do you look for in, in, in people that you're about to hire? Uh, well, my team works remote. So we first of all look for people who are suited to working from home. A lot of people think they are, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> we now do personality assessments on everyone who comes to join us. This is a fairly recent thing, although I've been asking for it for three years, but we finally have it now. Mm. Um, and it shows whether someone is actually suited to working from home. And that is the first step. The second step is very much why they want to come and work here. It's fascinating. You know, I ask this question in every single job ad that goes out and the answers we get are just truly stunning. And I sit there and I go, 
did you read your application back? You know, I've had people over the years say to me, I want to come and work for you because that means I have time in the evenings to write my book. And then I can sell my book to your customers was what one person said. Or even last week, someone submitted a job spec and said, I want to come and work for you because then I can take all your courses for free because I've not afford them over the last years. No said, way. I know. I know. And they genuinely think that this is a good way of applying for a job. And then, I mean, at the moment, I I'm, I'm probably shouldn't be sharing all of this, but I'm going to anyway. At the moment, we're obviously recruiting for a new social media coordinator. And one of the questions is, design us an Instagram story. And it says, show us your creative flair. Show us you know what an Instagram story is because you wouldn't believe how many social media people don't don't appear, appear to understand that they're vertical images and then show us that you've understood our brand people are submitting all sorts of weird crap wow. i mean i've had pictures of of stages i've had pictures of bowls of food i've had pictures <laughs> of what was it some person submitted i had pictures of a guy wrestling on a jujitsu <laughs> and i'm sat there going well hang on a minute we've told you yeah that's this you have to do something for our brand it even yeah. says this is the first component of your application we'll look at bring your a game and i honestly believe that people don't read anything anymore so for me we test people extensively and that's only round one and then they're going to have to you know write copy for us they're going to have to jump through several hoops there'll be multiple interviews there'll be personality assessments so no longer do we do we hire the wrong people basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an incredible story. And, and for everyone listening to this, that maybe wants to actually be employed in, in a company like this, I think the higher the bar is actually the better for you because there's so many people like the vast majority of people simply isn't willing to actually read through what they're supposed to do. Right. They don't even think about sending the right kind of picture. And mm -hmm. so you can get rid of pretty much 90% of people probably and you're yeah. only competing against a tiny proportion of what would usually be it in, in an easy application. And so this is actually a huge advantage. Absolutely. I mean, in the beginning, we didn't have that. It wasn't until I put that process in place that we started to do that. Because before that, we were wasting hours and hours on interviews. And now we just go, okay, 95% of them out. You, you three people here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we want to take you further to an interview. And if that doesn't work, then we go back and we keep trying until we find the right person. Yeah, I think that's definitely the, the right approach. Um, really looking for the right people that are actually able to build your business and help you with that, rather than actually taking all, all your time and your energy away from it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you have a favorite mantra or quote that, that you sort of live by? Um, I don't actually. It's an interesting question. I'm just, I just keep going. I guess maybe like the Finding Nemo one, you know, just keep swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, that's all you can do. And I know a lot of people feel that there, there should be, like I said earlier, a blueprint to follow, mm. but there isn't. You just make that blueprint yourself as you, as you move along your path and everyone's is different. Yeah, I mean, that's really the, the central idea here. It was becoming very apparent to me um, that there are no secrets, right? There's no magic blueprint or blue pill that that's suddenly going to change your life like you actually just have to sit down and, and engage with that stuff and learn by doing and by trying things out and figuring out and i think that's yeah. such an empowering message because it means that even if right now you're not yet capable of achieving it you can be in the future yeah everyone has it in them you just have to tap into yourself and find that entrepreneurial spirit and drive 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 you have to want it and you have to just keep going keep swimming like nemo said 
<laughs> keep swimming. Always keep swimming. Yes. Now, Lorraine, if you could give our listeners just one challenge or one action step to take away and start applying today, what would be that one thing? Be visible. Make yourself visible, as visible as you can be. Put yourself on absolutely everything you can, you can put yourself on, basically. In the beginning, I didn't want to be visible. I put a photo of myself on my website wearing sunglasses. <laughs> someone said to me, I can't see your eyes. I don't want to come and buy from you. I can't even see your eyes. And I went, oh, okay, I'm going to have to make myself much more visible. And then I started to put myself on webinars and videos and in photos. I started speaking on stages. I started pitching myself to be on podcasts. Make yourself visible. And people will then start to listen to you as long as you have something to say and you have some opinions and go and form those opinions as well through being visible. And that really starts the whole process rolling because people buy from people. And the more visible and... Um, contactable you are the more people will sort of buy into you and your story love that now before i ask my final question where can listeners connect with you online so uh, formula botanica is all over the internet we're at formulabotanica.com we have a free online formulation training course for anyone who wants it we're at formula botanica on every single platform but you can also come and follow me at lorraine dalmeyer i'm most active on instagram and on facebook and on clubhouse now as well actually um so would love to connect with anyone there awesome now what does it mean for you to max out your life wow that's a big <laughs> I think to max out my life, I want to give it my all. I want to create something that's bigger than myself. I want to have an impact. I want to show people that I've got it in me to build something spectacular. So that's what I do every single day. Absolutely love that, Lorraine. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Max. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems, They'll hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to, you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively, just thinking about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. So really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review, as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.